but you promised. You promised. Ever said that? Parents, ever heard it from your children? Ice cream, at the end of the day, you promised, yeah, we'll go get some ice cream. Particular vacation that you have to cancel, you can't keep the plans. And we hear, but you promised. Holding somebody account, uh, to account for their promise. Pretty bold for a kid to kind of throw it back in their parents' face. Hey, this is the promise you made. And usually you don't hear it once, right? Two, three, four times. Regardless of the excuse you come up with, parents, about why we just can't do it tonight, can't go get that ice cream cone. The comeback is always, but you promised. And again, but you promised. Pretty persistent, too. And those are the two attitudes that we heard Jesus talk about in our Gospel reading when he taught his disciples to pray. Be bold and be persistent. And that's what we see in Abraham 2,000 years before Jesus. Praying, in effect, because he's having a conversation with the Lord God, talking to him. And he does so boldly and persistently, the way God's people are to pray. But we also see the reasons why God's people can pray boldly and persistently, in addition to the fact that that's the way Jesus tells us to pray. Abraham knew God's will. And so God's people pray boldly because you know God's will. And Abraham prayed persistently because he wanted God's will to be done. And so do you. And so you pray persistently. Abraham prayed boldly because he knew God's will. So what is God's will? What does he want? It's pretty well summed up in what St. Paul wrote to Timothy. God, our Savior, wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's what God wants for you, and it's what he wants for every person in the whole wide world. He wants all to be saved. And God is the one who makes that rescue, that salvation happen. In the previous chapter, God had expressed his will, how he was going to make this happen. For years, God had been making the promise to Abraham and his wife Sarah, you will have a son. And through him, and through you, and your offspring, all the nations of the world will be blessed. That was his very general way of saying, through your family, Abraham, I'm sending the Savior that I promised to Adam and Eve and to this entire world, the one who come and who will be innocent in your place before me, the one whom I will punish in your place so that you can live with me forever. So God was expressing his will there. 
and how he was going to accomplish it. I want to save all from what their sins deserve. I want them to live with me forever. And this is how I'm going to do it. I'm sending the substitute who will be your savior through your family, Abraham. He had expressed his will to him and how he was going to carry it out. And because Abraham knew that it is God's will to save, when God starts talking judgment and destruction on Sodom and Gomorrah for the unbelief and the wickedness and the immorality that was there, Abraham prays, probably because he knew some of the people there. For sure, he knew four of them, his nephew Lot, Lot's wife, and their two daughters. And he apparently didn't want Lot and his family caught up in God's temporal punishment and judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, so he prays. And he's bold, isn't he? Kind of saying... Lord, you promised. You've promised to save. Far be it from you to treat the, wicked, treat the righteous the same way you'll treat the wicked. Far be it from you. He's kind of holding the Lord accountable. And that's bold. Talking to your creator, your judge, in that way. But it was in accord with God's will. And God sort of invited it. And he said, are you going to treat the righteous the same as the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people there? Believers, your people, Lord. Will you destroy them with everybody else? He said, if there are 50, nope, I won't. Pretty bold on Abraham's part. But he could be bold because he knew the Lord's will. So do you. That's why you're here on a Sunday morning to listen to this word of our God, to know what His will is. That's why you have Bible study. That's why you have Sunday school. That's why you run a Lutheran elementary school. So that God's people can know His will so that they can know they're ones who are saved from what their sins deserve and when they pray, they can do so boldly because they know what they should ask for. They know what God's will is. He wants to save everyone. He wants everybody to walk with him as he expresses it in his commands, to walk in his ways until we're there with him forever in heaven. But that's maybe where we fall down. Sometimes we're not real clear on God's will. Or there's some things that, yeah, I know what he says, but I don't think I want to go that direction. For instance, it seems the times that we pray the most are when we have the most challenges in our lives. They might be health-related. They might be relationship-related. might be related to the fact that you, you do live your life according to God's will, and you get a little bit of blowback from the culture we live in. And it seems that our prayers quite often are, whatever the struggle is, Lord, take it away. Make it easier. And I don't know that that's necessarily what God's will is exactly. 
Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, you take up your cross. You deny yourself and you follow me. Expect that there will be troubles. Expect there will be difficulties. But know that I have the strength, I have the assurance of eternal life that will allow you to meet them with patience and with endurance and to glorify me as you do it. But sometimes our will is this, Lord, take it away. Make it all easier. Which is why, again, we need to listen to him and hear him say, no, sometimes I'm not going to do it because it's for your good. St. Paul prayed the same thing with whatever issue, whatever struggle he had. Lord, take it away, take it away. Three times they prayed. Nope, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made complete in your weakness. Sometimes that's God's will for us to have to endure the tough and difficult things in order to glorify him as we walk that path to our eternal salvation that Jesus has won. Jesus knew that. He was our perfect substitute. Yeah, he prayed, Lord, take it away. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane? If there's another way to accomplish this rescue of these people, I'm all for it. But not my will, Father, but yours be done. If the only way is for me to endure your justice, your anger, your wrath while hanging on a cross, your will be done. He prayed perfectly and boldly like that for us so that we can be saved for that eternal life. And so now we can pray boldly when we know what his will is. And we can pray persistently. Abraham started at 50. If there are 50 righteous people in Sodom, will you destroy it? Nope, not for 50. Okay, let me try again. 45. Nope, won't destroy it. All the way down to 10. Persistent and bold because he knew the Lord's will to save. And our prayers can be persistent because we also want God's will to be done, as Abraham did. He wanted people to be saved there in Sodom and Gomorrah. He wanted God's will done. And so he was persistent. 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. And the Lord answered every time. He was persistent because of the need and the answer of the Lord. And so you and I also, when you want God's will to be done and you know his will, you can be persistent. And perhaps persistent prayer comes in regard to the things that are kind of persistent issues in our lives. Father in heaven, make me a better husband. Make me a better wife. Persistent problem, isn't it, for us sinful human beings? Make me a better dad. Make me a better mom. Guide me by your word in that. There's a persistent problem too, huh? Or whatever other sinful behavior that maybe keeps arising in your life. Father, strengthen me and guide me to avoid that. And it needs to be a persistent prayer because we want God's will done in all those circumstances 
Jesus can be honored as we are persistent in our prayer. And then he answers that prayer, yeah, by guiding us by his word, by his will, that we are better at all those different aspects of our lives. But what a wonderful privilege you and I have to talk to Almighty God, to call him Father, as Jesus said, and to be bold because you know his will, and then to be persistent because you want his will done. Amen.